Welcome to the Health Ignited Podcast with your hosts, Dr. Nick and Sonia Jensen. We are partners, parents, business partners, doctors, yoga teachers, and retreat leaders. We promise to bring you real conversations to awaken and ignite your potential to live your best life possible. Join us each week as we dive into topics varying from brain health, biohacking, hormones, and longevity, to relationships, parenting, meditation, and more. Together, creating community and building stronger foundations for the generations to come. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Health Ignited. Dr. Sonia here with my hubs, Dr. Nick. Hello, hello. And we are going to be talking about something really near and dear to our hearts, and that is parenting. And both our boys had birthdays this month, so I've been doing a lot of reflecting on what it means to be a parent and what our parenting journey has been like, all the the ups and downs, the joys, the challenges. And time's flown by. It's flown by, nine years. Yeah. Yeah, it's been quite the ride and wouldn't change any minute. Well, no, I shouldn't say that. Maybe a bit more sleep would be um, enjoyable. And um, there's just so much learning. And I feel like they've been our biggest teachers in so many different ways because both of them have their own little unique personalities. So Mm -hmm. today we're going to be talking to somebody that is going to help us with our parenting journey and hopefully yours. Um, She is Sue Broner and she is a mother of two young adults and knows how stressful and overwhelming parenting can be, um, especially in these times. Right now, there's been a lot of change for um, every parent around the globe. Mm -hmm. And she's founded the Parent Mentor to provide an ally for parents in their quest to raise confident and resilient children. She was also the creator of the Clear Method of Parenting, developed through years of trial and her fair share of errors, which we can all relate to and resonate with. Uh, with her own family and clear adheres to the belief that parenting strategies should be grounded in six important pillars communication love empathy awareness rules and respect this has become the cornerstone of her practice as a parenting mentor so thank you sue for joining us sure happy to be here so we had a little technical difficulty we we uh we learned a little lesson of adaptability and resilience just getting on the call which is i think part of your teaching but uh, tell us what got you into this journey. You know, what, where did it all start for you? You know, it, it was a couple of different things. Um, one was I was ready to start something new. Um, another was that a lot of people kept telling me I should turn this into a business. So I was just naturally giving advice to people, um, which I like to do. Um, but it was always solicited. And, you know, I just, I but I would always say, you know, give me your feedback. I want to know, like, if my suggestions are helping at all. And they would come back and say, better than our therapist. That was amazing. This really works. You need to turn this into a business. Um, And then the third piece was that during the middle school years with my kids, who are now almost 21 and 23, um, is when I really struggled. And I... I couldn't control my kids. You know, my daughter, who's, you know, both my kids happen to be excellent students and, you know, quite smart in their own ways. And when my daughter was a terrible procrastinator, it caused me a lot of stress. It caused her a lot of stress. You know, there were things about my son that really concerned me. And I realized over time, and not that much time really, but by the time they were probably like mid high school, that all that stress and anxiety that I was putting on myself was really unnecessary. 
And it made those years kind of unpleasant instead of more joyful and fun. Listen, parenting inevitably is going to have its stresses. You, you can't help that. You know, you could have perfect kids. You're still going to be stressed out over certain things. This is what it is. But there are a lot of ways to think about things and to look at things so that you're not nearly as stressed, even in the way you interact with your kids. And I say it's unfortunate that, you know, at your point in parenting that you don't have a crystal ball, I have the benefit of the retroactive one now. <laughs> and I and, but I like to say that if you had the opportunity to look into a crystal ball now and see your kids as really successful adults, where all the things that you're concerned about now had no bearing whatsoever on how they, you know, went about their lives and that they were capable and, you know, basically happy human beings you wouldn't worry about anything, right? Mm -hmm. And so I'm sort of here to say a lot of the things that you worry about, you don't need to, you know, mm -hmm. in a nutshell. Yes, <laughs> you know? that's exactly what I wanted to hear. <laughs> <laughs> and so that is why I am doing this business because <laughs> yeah. I think that parents should just really, you know, it's, a it's such a shame to me when I see other parents just so stressed out Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can really resonate with that because when our kids, I mean, our kids now are turning six and nine, one just turned nine. And when I would say up to age five, I felt like I really could handle a lot of different things like the, the needs, the, um, you know, if not sleeping, all, all the things I felt like I could really deal with it. But then as soon as, you know, the older one started, you know, becoming his own individual person, and separating from me a little bit, I feel like that's when my own reactions started to show up. And that's when these stresses started to show up. And I started putting my own thoughts and beliefs and feelings around how I want him to navigate his life. And do you find that that's kind of a common theme, especially for mothers? I think maybe men have a different relationship to that, or it might be similar. But I don't know if you've seen a theme of that going on with the parents yeah, that you work with. I think it's so true in so many ways. It's, it's about control. And, you know, I, I like to say that parenting is not an 18-year engineering project. And, you know, people usually chuckle when I say that. And, you know, I think partly it's a little embarrassing to all of us. And partly it's very rings true. Um, we can't, you can't engineer another human being. You can try and try and try. And the more you try, the more you see it doesn't work. And that is stressful and frustrating. And not only for you, but it's also stressful and frustrating for your child. And so the more you do it, the more they fight it, the more conflict there is, the more they don't feel good about themselves, maybe because you have ex certain you know, expectations for them. You know, whether it's you want them to play the piano like you do or play a sport like you do or, you know, have the same likes and dislikes. Like dancing. Like, what, what, why don't you like this? Like, why aren't you working hard at this? Or you need to work harder at school and you need to be doing this. And I have these, you know, objectives in my mind for you, which usually have something to do with so that you can get into a good college, mm. get a good job and have a happy life. Like mm. that's sort of the end game for a lot of people. And if you really, really honest with yourself, 
and you think, why is it so important that that happens? That, you know, whatever that thing is that you want to control, why does that matter so much to you? Then you kind of like, if you're really honest, you'll see, wow, well, maybe it isn't that important. That's number one. The other part is that we need to let our kids evolve at the way that, in the way and the time, then the time that they want to do it. And, you know, that can be frustrating too, because for some kids don't really find their way until they're even out of college, you know, mm-hmm. or they're in grad school or they got their first job and it kicks in. Like it, and we want this to be coming from this internal motivation place, not because I told you to. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and not because you're going to get a treat if you do well, or you're going to get a punitive response if you don't do well. Like, none of that works, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it just becomes a very unpleasant dynamic in the family. Mm-hmm. And I like to approach these issues instead by opening it up to more dialogue and you know, if it's important to you that your kids do well in school, which most to most families it is, remember what grade they're in and how old they are. Really important. And a client who came to me and said, you know, I think his son was like 10. And he said, you know, Sue, like my wife and I are total type A people. We work so hard. We care about everything we do. And like, we look at our son and we're like, he just doesn't care. Like what's up with that? You know, he just wants to like get his work done and go outside and play. And I said to him, you know, without any leading tone of voice, I said, so, you know, tell me what you were like when you were 10. And he basically said, I just wanted to get my work done and go outside and play. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, wow, did you hear what you just said? You know, and look at you now. And so if you, I think one of the a great thing to do all the time is to think back how you were at the age that your children are, you know, and think also, wow, like six years old, nine years old, that's not a lot of time to be on this earth. Mm-hmm. Like at all. There's so much for them to learn. There's mm-hmm. so many ways for them to develop. I mean, my kids are still learning and developing. I am. Mm-hmm. I would like to think my brain is fully formed at this point. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you know, until you're 25, it's not fully formed. And so it's, I like to say, you know, take the road of an ob- being an observationist more. And as a parent, you have this incredible opportunity to watch your kids develop, you know, Take a book and take notes on how they are. Like you said, their birthdays are coming up. This is a perfect time to write down the things that you adore about your kids, the things that worry you, that you're concerned about, that the way they are, like, and then just put it away. And mm-hmm. a year from now, do the same exercise. And when you're done, go back and look at what you wrote this year. And you'll look at those things that you were worried about and chances are you're going to say to yourself, oh my God, I can't believe I wasted that time and energy being worried about those things, you know, and now I have these much more important things to worry about. But after a while, hopefully you get the message like, you know what, this is a 
okay. This is like pretty normal like stuff and they're going to grow and they're going to learn and they need to do it in their own time you know, with some guidance from you. I felt I found that growing up with uh, with that or as they were growing up we would we would constantly make rules. Okay, this is how they are now. And so we respond this kind of way and then they change. And, and that's like you said, the situation changes and, you know, it could have been a nighttime routine. It could have been, you know, how we get them to do their homework. And there's so much adaptability going on. There's so much flux happening all the time that the making rules about how life is just like, kind of like you said, it just, it doesn't actually make sense. We're like how, so my question in, in knowing this is like, what's what's a practice for parents to just kind of like to step into that place of observation instead of like constantly I guess that's just control trying to control the situation yeah I think a lot of it has to do with bringing your kids much more into the fold so you're talking about making up rules for when they do their homework and how they do their homework and you know their bedtime routine and things like that kids like to be in control you know and I'm sure like you know it's like at a certain point they're like oh wow I can say no you know, it may not be pleasant, we may get into arguments, but I have that power, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the more you can bring them in and the more they have skin in the game, the better off your family dynamic will be. And so with homework, say to them, you know, I know you guys, like, you've got homework, like, there is nothing we can do about that. That's just sort of a given. Like I know you like so many other kids and like me when I was a kid, wished I didn't have to do homework, but you gotta do homework, you know, but it kind of can be up to you when you wanna do it, you know? Mm -hmm. And let's, why don't you try some things? I always suggest school starting soon, get them each a planner. And, you know, if they have any online things now that, they know are givens you fill that in if they have a lesson or a you know classes for this many hours or whatever the things are maybe you have like a regular date where you know your kids talk to your parents or fill in all that stuff you know mm -hmm. put in bedtime put in the morning and then say look you've got this big window and you've got this big window on monday and then you have this time see all this blank space this is for Tuesday and this is for Wednesday. And then for one week, let them put in and they might be completely different. One might want to do it all, get it all done in the morning. And one might want to do it, you know, before dinner. It doesn't matter. Like it, this stuff doesn't matter. What mm -hmm. matters is the skill that you're teaching them and the process of them learning how to manage their time. Like if they learn at the end of this year, how to use a planner, how to manage their time, what works well for them and what doesn't work well for them. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. So much more important than them getting their homework done tomorrow or today, you know? Mm -hmm. And so even if they like totally mess up one week, who honestly, who cares? You know, it's because it's, then you can sit down with them and say, Hey, you know, how do you feel that went this week? You know, were you comfortable? Did you feel you were successful in getting your work done? Did you like the way this, this happened? Oh, sorry. Um, do you um, want to make some revisions? Do you want to change it up next week? Why don't you 
why don't we try that? And so mm-hmm. it's all about, let's give this a try. And when you say that, regardless of what it is you're doing, you're not putting anybody in the corner. You know, even mm-hmm. for the two of you, when one of you wants to do something, you know, and the other's not so comfortable with it, maybe, you know, and you say, well, you know, how about we give this a try for a week or two and see how it goes. Then you're leaving it open to make changes. And when mm-hmm. you say, you know, you know, we talk so much about how it's important for our kids to make mistakes, right? And the experience of failure is so mm-hmm. important because that's how they learn. Those words, like that's true, but those words, no matter what, have a negative connotation to them. So no one wants to fail. No one wants to make mistakes, really. Mm-hmm. I like to call it trial and error, right? And if you present it as trial and error, you're kind of assuming things aren't going to go right. And that you're <laughs> going to have to make changes, you know, because who knows? It's like, let's just throw this idea out there. You can even introduce the concept of brainstorming with your kids, you know, because it's, again, that takes out all the judgment, you know? Okay, you guys want, how, how much time do you think is, is fair and reasonable to be on your screens? And they're going to maybe, you know, if they're coming up with the numbers, it's probably going to be pretty reasonable. Then if you said it, and then they're going to say, no, no, no. But say they say an hour and a half a day. Okay. And right now, maybe, and that's up to you guys, if you feel that's reasonable or not. But if you do, and you go, you know what? All right. You know, you have all these other things to do too, but why don't we give it a try and see? But it's up to you to manage that time, right? I think one of the most stressful parts of being a parent is being the warden, mm-hmm. whether it's the homework warden or the screen time warden or the bedtime warden or the food warden. That part sucks, yeah. you know? You don't want to be that person, half hour, you got a half hour left, 10 minutes, five minutes. You don't want to be to have the responsibility, nor should you have the responsibility for tracking that. If they're responsible enough to have an hour and a half or whatever the time is to do the thing they want to do, then they have to learn to manage that time. But that's going back to the same thing we talked about with the homework. And then you can say, well, how do you think you might be able to manage that time? Because sometimes it's hard when you get caught up in a game, you know, you sort of lose all idea of time and you know well let's you want to brainstorm some ideas and throw out crazy ones just so they know they get the hang of like crazy ideas are also okay in brainstorming and so no one's gonna say no that's a stupid idea right and then you try but again that first week and maybe the first month and maybe the first year they're not going to be perfect at this but they're learning how, again, a really important skill and how to keep track of their time, right? And how to be responsible instead of just getting off the, you know, if they end up doing 10 more minutes, it's not going to make a difference. 
Mm-hmm. I love that. And I think it's funny because as you were speaking about allowing them to create their own time and to manage their own time, in my head it went straight to, well, if they don't do it that first time, what's the consequence? Right? We're so trained to think about, okay, what are the consequences mm-hmm. that will then teach them that it's important to stay within their time. But I like how you reframe that before I could even ask the question that we just talk about, okay, well, what happened? What can we do differently next time that allows you to stay within the time that you chose and putting that responsibility back to them so they feel a bit more in control. And we're really noticing that with our oldest. I know I've reflected a lot on that being his age when I was his age and just wanting more of that ability to run my life just a little bit more and having that capacity to do that. And I can, we can see him in his frustration when he's not able to do that. It's like you feel like you're in this box when you know you have this capacity to have more responsibility, to rise up and do things, yet your parents are still telling you when to wake up, when to go to bed, when to do this, when to do that. So I think giving them that opportunity to rise up is so important, like you're saying. Yeah, and you know what, when you do, and first, it's like you're providing them with so much respect and like mm-hmm. that's the last R in the clear method, the mm-hmm. one that most parents get tripped up on because, you know, we were sort of raised like, I'm your mother, I'm your parent, you respect me. You know, I tell you what to do and you do it. And if you don't, then you get in trouble. I'm like, we know that doesn't work. The respect. <laughs> <keep> doing it. <laughs> exactly. The respect piece is like saying, I know that you can figure this out. I know that you can do this. And yeah, you know, I don't expect you to be perfect. I don't expect this to work right away. I And you talk about your own experiences too, about how you're doing things in your business, in your world, and how things, when things don't work out exactly right, you try another method, you tweak, you start over sometimes. Mm-hmm. To me, that's like such a huge message which is a, the bigger picture message that you're teaching them as opposed to like, you know, they better get off that screen. If they have a five minutes left and if they don't, I'm going to lose it, which is where we all want to go. Right. Because, you know, oh, and as true. long as, and, and even if you want to say something, you can't, you have to just let it go for at least a whole week and just let it happen because then you want your kids to be the ones who are looking and saying, and you say like, how did it go? Did you think that you, you know, you managed the time well? That's a hard thing to do. Give them the out to say, no, not so great. You know, like by saying it's really hard, like, you know, this can take a lot of trial and error to get to the point where you're really comfortable doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. I get so excited just hearing you say this because, you know, I've, I've heard things being said in similar kind of ways. And then, I, and then I find myself just wandering back into my old behaviors as a parent. And um, it's because so much of this is this trial and error even for us and just reminding ourselves, okay, oh yeah, just come back to the trial and error of this experience so that we can keep unfolding it for people. And I just want to touch in on one of the things you said before, and then I, I would I would hope I hope that we can flesh out more of the clear method process because I think that's going to be such powerful information for people, and obviously they can read your book too. But um, the engineering piece, like when you mentioned that you know the eighteen year engineering process, mm-hmm. that's so in my mindset. I'm thinking, okay, I want to cr- help create these little creative individuals who. Are, love biohacking and eating good food and exercising and you know like i'm thinking of all these like we're going to create the perfect humans like i totally think that 
And and it's so important to also, you know. So anyways, I need to sort of unpack that a little bit so that I can release some of my expectations for my little boys. And of course, I want them to be super healthy and all that. But um, it's such an interesting way to look at how we're parenting because it, I do think about what's the end game. Oh, I want them to be set up for a beautiful life. I want them to not have obstacles and, and things blocking them because they didn't do the work now. You know, so yeah. can we just sort of help to dispel that yeah. for people a little bit more? Totally. Okay. So I like to think that instead of that engineering project, you know, is that we try to raise our kids to be self-reliant, resilient young adults with good problem solving skills and good coping mechanisms. Okay. That in my opinion, and you know, we always say, Oh, I, you know, people say, I just want my kids to be happy, you know? And I say, well, you probably want your kids to be happy partly because you're only as happy as your least happy child. And if so, if your child's not happy, then you're not, then you're not happy and that's uncomfortable. Right. And so you don't want to feel uncomfortable. You don't want to have to deal with your child when they're uncomfortable. And so we either try to avoid them being in those situation, or if they are, we try to fix it. Right. If we do that, we're taking away so many opportunities for our kids to figure things out on their own. We're taking away the opportunities to become resilient, to develop coping mechanisms and problem solving skills and to be self-reliant, right? And so instead, if you, if I think that that's, if that's our goal, all the things that we worry about go away and become mm-hmm. opportunities. The problems immediately become opportunities. And if you are experiencing one of those, like, you know, someday when your child goes back to school and life is back to normal a little bit and they forget something at home, like what if they're playing hockey, like you said, and they forget their hockey bag, you know? And you can say, oh my God, they can't miss that practice because if they miss that practice, then they're not going to be able to be in that game. If they're not in that game, then, you know, who knows what's going to happen. And you're thinking, oh my God, then they're not going to make the team next year and they're never going to get this and they're not going to get a scholarship for hockey. You know, mm-hmm. it's they're like not going to graduate, horrible. they're going to do drugs, they're not going to get married, they're yeah, going to be living exactly. forever, the list goes <laughs> on. They're going to be the biggest losers, you know, and yet... If you, I always think it's important to tell them ahead of time, like, hey, you know what? You get one grace day a semester or quarter, you know, where if you forget something and we're able to bring it to you, we will. You but one, that's it. You know, the rest you're on your own. Um, and then you can say, you know, well, wow, I noticed you've been forgetting this. You know, can you think of some ways that, you know, you might be able to remember? And then it goes back to that same trial and error thing. Instead of you being that one, don't forget your this, don't forget this, put it in your backpack. And then it's like, there it is. They left for school and you're looking at that thing. And you're like, I told them 20 times and they still didn't remember. And now you've got to get it to school. Totally stressful and frustrating. You don't want to be there. You want to look at that thing and go, oh, this is an opportunity for my kid to figure it out, to become more self-reliant, to become, you know, to have resilience about something that is not great that happened, right? To deal with it, mm-hmm. right? And
and then to figure out how to deal with it in the future so it doesn't happen again. And I just feel like this would be so good for just your own relationship with your child too. Just thinking about mornings where you're getting the backpack ready for school, you're trying to get them out the door, you're constantly put your shoes on, put your socks on, get you this, get you that. That in itself creates a stressful morning and that's the foundation of their day. But if you, and you know, just with COVID and them not going to school, I found that piece was not in the home. So everything felt better. Mm-hmm. But then it didn't create that resilience or that flexibility or that understanding of like we can have a different relationship to that morning routine so that it doesn't have to be stressful yeah, or resentful you know, and all of that. You'll get that back. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. And you'll have the opportunity for that. But your kids are learning resilience right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is tough for everybody. I'm sure it's tough for you. It's tough for me. I mean, even for my kids, you know, my son's been home since March. You know, he's supposed to be in college. He was supposed to be working in an office job. You know, he did it online. He's, you know, did classes. Like, he's been home. I mean, it's been an incredible joy for me. I'm already starting to shed tears because he's coming back on Saturday. And I probably won't see him till Thanksgiving. So, you know, which for me isn't great, but I get it, you know. And he's so just he dealt with it in such a mature way because he's had the opportunity to be able to do that. Never once complained, you know, and same with my daughter, you know, she goes back and forth to Chicago because she's in grad school there, but she, the same thing, you know, they've just dealing with it because they've developed that resilience and they continue to, and I do, and you do, but your kids are developing a lot of resilience right now. And they have other things. Mm-hmm. That, that they have to deal with instead. But, you know, I think the more we like acknowledge the issue instead of fixing it, you know, I like to talk about what I call normalizing negative emotions, right? Mm-hmm. When your kid is frustrated or angry or sad or disappointed, like I know for me, when my kids were younger, my first thing would be like, oh, don't be sad, honey. It's okay. Or don't worry. It'll be fine. Right? What was that doing? Nothing except telling them you shouldn't feel that way. Mm -hmm. Right? And so I've realized, like, I think a lot of our saying things like that or trying to fix it so they don't feel that way, whatever way, negative way it is, is saying to them, these are not good feelings and you shouldn't feel them. And that when they do then, because they're going to no matter what, then they start to say, oh, I feel this way, but I'm not supposed to feel this way. What's the matter with me? Mm-hmm. And that's where the anxiety comes from. You know, I'm not a doctor, but as a layperson, I truly think that so much anxiety comes from the fact that they're not really supposed to be, they're not accepting those other feelings. And so instead, if we just validate it and say, wow, you're disappointed that your birthday party that you've been planning for a year, you know, that you've been so, isn't happening, that is really disappointing. And I don't blame you, you know, Mm -hmm. and hopefully you can do it next year. But yeah, if you weren't disappointed, that would be weird. You know, yeah. that would be weird. So of course you are. And, you know, or if your kid doesn't get invited to something, you want to say, well, don't worry, we're going to go do something really fun that day. You're going to have a better time. That's the fix. You know, we want to just say, yeah, you know, when I don't get invited to something, 
I'm disappointed too. That is a healthy, natural, normal feeling. And let them feel it. And let then let them get through it. And then a week later, you can say, or even two days later when they don't care anymore. Like, wow, remember when you were feeling so badly? Like, it's amazing how human beings can get out of these feelings. And when you're feeling a certain way, use the words. Model them. Say, wow, Molly is so annoyed right now, you know, because my computer's not working and I need to get this thing done and I'm so annoyed and frustrated. And later on, 10 minutes later, maybe, you're fine. And they're seeing, wow, my mother was this way, but now she's fine. Mm-hmm. Like that this just happens. This is part of life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just want to sort of reiterate what you were saying just about the, the engineering process. And, that, and for those of you listening, what I'm hearing you say is, is take that engineering ideal and anchor back into virtues that you you know, we hope for all of us, you know, the problem solving, the resiliency, the adaptability, the ability to be more observant. And, I, and I'm going to take that as homework for myself to like when I'm in the middle of a parenting dilemma or want or an idealism uh, to really just say, well, what are the virtues of, of being a strong parent and what are the virtues of being a, a strong human being and, and just kind of anchoring back into that that, that state. So I think that's extremely valuable information. Yeah. Just give yourself a break on that. Like, don't, you know, it, this stuff takes a lot of practice. So, you know, whoever's listening, don't think you can just get off the phone and all of a sudden, you know, (laughs) drop all those stresses, those anxieties about your kid, not making the team or not doing their homework well or getting the grades you think they should get. This will take practice and that's okay. And also our kids will take a long time. Like, to develop their own feelings. They hear you. Mm-hmm. They may not act on what you're saying, but they watch you and they hear you. And so if, as long as you you know that, eventually it will happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because it really is about the modeling. And um, I heard once, I think it was Dr. Shafali saying that parenting is an opportunity to reparent yourself as well. So when you're in that moment and doing that just reflecting on a pause and pausing and recognizing that they are listening they are watching and our job is to display this flexibility and this ability to adapt to life so that they see us in the experience and move through the experience and then move out of the experience just like you were saying so i think that really is a huge point because there's so much shame and guilt around parenting already that we create within our own minds. So now to throw something where like, oh no, I said it's gonna be okay and now I'm gonna feel bad about that. <laughs> it's just, you know, flexibility. And I'm hearing the underlying tone of everything you're talking about is to have flexibility and, and that creates that resilience. Yeah. yeah, and you know, if you say it's gonna be okay, you can always go back and go, how are you feeling? Like, are mm. you still feeling disappointed? Because, you know, I was thinking about it and like, I was trying to remember like how I felt when this happened to me and I felt the same way. Like you, you can always go back and talk about it, you know? Mm -hmm. And I love the fact, like I always, if you're going to make changes, it's always nice to have them around like an event or a time. So whether it's the beginning of January, you know, the beginning of a new year or the beginning of a school year around your birthday, like you can always, even if it's like Valentine's Day, you can always just find something to Mm -hmm. say, hey, you know, I was thinking, you know, 
it's the start of a school year. Let's try some new things. We're going to give you some more independence. You know, what do you think about that? You know, we're going to let you figure out, we're going to guide you and help you. And, but you get to kind of figure it out throughout the year, what works and what doesn't for you in terms of X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. Well, I have one dilemma with that one. So our oldest has been trying to stretch his bedtime a little bit further. He's, he's nine and the youngest is <clears throat> turning six. And both of them have always had early bedtimes around, I would say between seven and eight, seven thirty and eight thirty, And cause they're early risers. And, but you can see that as he's growing up, he's really wanting that independence and separation from his brother too, so that he gets acknowledged that he's a little bit older. But what happens in my mind is that the moment they're in bed, I feel like I can exhale. I can let go of the day. It's not about them anymore. It's all about me and, you know, my cup of tea at that time. So that it's like this reward system. And that's definitely something that I have to work on for myself. But how do you meet those needs for yourself as a parent and also meet the needs of your child? So I would probably say to my son, hey, you know, I've noticed that you want to have a little bit later bedtime, huh? And he'll go, yeah, I do. And I'm like, you know, I don't, I get that. Like, if you set it up with validation and positive comments mm-hmm. at the beginning, you're letting him know that you're listening to him and that there's not going to be like conflict. So, mm-hmm. hey, I totally get that. You know what? And we've been talking and we think that that's very reasonable. At the same time, mommy and daddy really look forward to our little time at the end of the day when you guys go to bed because we don't have that much time to ourselves just to be together. And that's a really, that's really important to us. And I, and and that's an important message for your kids, you know, Mm -hmm. like you're a priority to one another. So this is what we're going to try. Let me, let me. You tell me if you think that you want to try it this way. This is what dad and I were thinking, that we're going to say goodnight to you at eight o'clock and do our bedtime routine. But if you want to stay up in bed with a book or, you know, for a while, that's okay. You can do that. And then you can turn your light off and go to sleep. Mm-hmm. I think with him, he actually wants time with us. So, well, if creating... I'm with you, then you, if you can try to find that during the day, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because listen, you should be a priority to one another. And I think it's totally valid for your kids to know that you guys are a priority. I mean, I wish I had done that more mm-hmm. when my kids were growing up, you know, because it was so much about what do you want to do? Like my parents never said on a Saturday morning, you know, what can we do? That's going to be fun for the kids today. So, you know, and if, if your son is, if you're hearing from your son that he wants more alone time with you guys, then find the alone time. But you don't have to do it at night mm-hmm. on a school night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, days. and say, mm-hmm. and, Give him that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. great feedback. Yeah, absolutely. I, I would love to break down some of the, the clear method. Is that what you're going to say too? Yeah, and then yeah. also the book. I want to yes. hear some more about the book. Yeah, so where do you want to start? 
Where do I want to start? You guys, you go ahead. Well, we want to hear about both. I mean, I'm loving this conversation right now. Yeah. Um, so let's go to the PR method first, and then we'll okay. end with the book. So okay. tell us about the PR method and what each individual one stands for, and just maybe uh, a take-home something that the listeners can utilize in their lives. As okay. Parents. Well, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna use it with the example that we just did. Great. Okay. So. Do we need to take notes? No. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll listen again. I'll take yeah. notes. Yeah. You know, um, because you'll, and, and the more you try these things out, the more you won't even need to think, oh, yeah, I'll love, you know. Like, no, and, and it's not, and these things are not necessarily in order either. But, you know, communication, love, empathy, awareness, rules, and respect. Okay. Let's do bedtime. You have a rule that your kids are in bed, in their rooms, in the bed at a certain time. That is your rule. That is fine, right? But you want to have some flexibility there. So you want to have the awareness of what's going on with your son and why he doesn't want to go to bed at the time that you want him to go to bed. And so once you understand that, then you can go to him with empathy and say, hey, I get this. You're getting older. You want a little more time. You don't want to go to bed the same time as your brother. You're, you want more independence, you want to feel more grown up, totally get that. And you're talking to him with love. The mm-hmm. tone, tone and manner is so important. And so there's, there, he's not, he's hearing, wow, my parents really get me. You know, <laughs> they really understand how I feel. That's incredible. You know, and they want to work with me. And that's the respect part respect how he feels instead of just saying, Hey, I don't care. That's our rule. You go to bed at this time. There's no discussion, right? You're doing all that stuff in this little example, Mm. right? We have communication. So communication is the way in which you're talking to him, the tone and manner and your voice, right? The empathy is saying, I get it because you have the awareness already you're speaking with love because you know we forget so much of the time like remember when they were zero to one and that just crazy crazy love you had for your babies right Mm -hmm. and as they got older and a little more in control and a little more annoying and not listening like that sort of dissipates a little bring yourself back to wow this is my child and I want my child to, you know, and, and I want, I love my child and therefore I'm going to communicate with him in a way that he knows that I'm making this emotional connection, right? Oh, Which is really what they need is that emotional connection. And mm-hmm. a little so, bit clear on our chalkboard in my kitchen. Yeah. So it's pretty, I mean, it's not like each thing you have to stop and do. It's sort of encompassing all that stuff that's really then you have these great conversations and communication with your kids mm-hmm. and it works with you too as well. Mm-hmm. You know, totally. Like it really, it's amazing. Like, you know, that validation piece, if one of you had a really bad day and you're like, Oh, and the worst day I had this phone call with this person and the person was such a jerk and, you know, and then they, and your partner says to you, well, why didn't you say this? Well, maybe you should have said that. Did you call so-and-so and da 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 And you're like, you know, I don't really want to hear that, right? <laughs> <laughs> I just want you to say, wow, honey, 
I'm sorry that you had such a crappy day. That sucks. Come here. Let me give you a hug. Let me massage your shoulders. You should take some notes. I am mental notes. You just want to be heard that you had a bad day and have someone validate that and give you a little love. You don't want the fixes. Mm-hmm. The kids don't either. They just want to hear that and have mm-hmm. that connection. Your older senses, wow, you know, I'm really pissed because this happened and my friends had this and, you know, or the teacher wasn't listening. You know, you want to like go in there and go, well, you know, maybe this happened or maybe da 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 Let them, give them the respect that they're smart enough to figure this stuff out. Mm-hmm. You know, if they have forgotten something, you'll say, they'll say, oh, I forgot my thing. I was so mad. And you're like, yeah, I noticed. But, you know, how did you handle it? No, I saw that. I knew you'd be able to figure it out. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure it was really disappointing. I'm sure that sucked. Come here, let me give you a hug. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Now you're Validation. not going to get the, mom, you just don't understand. You have no idea. You don't yeah. get it. Right? You oh, I get that, that one a lot. You don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I can imagine, like, you know, you said that the middle school is the hardest for you. And it totally makes sense because, I mean, at they're they're really looking for their tribe at that point in time and they're really really stepping into uh, becoming more independent and you know without these tools i imagine that would be just so challenging and because i think back to when i was a kid at that age like i didn't want anything to do with my parents there especially because they didn't get me at all um i i I can't help but think like when did this like infuse itself into our dna like why is this our default process to just like you know not deal with people to shame them like why 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 isn't this clear method like instilled in us as human beings empathetic individuals like are we just too busy like what do you think where, where was our demise like where do we go wrong you know i don't know and honestly like i've been trying to figure out for so long how parenting changed from like where the all that helicopter stuff and snowboard yeah. where that came like where that came in and I guess just you know maybe more affluence more pressure more competition like and it's so unhealthy yeah. I also think it goes back to our definition of success and also mm-hmm. sometimes trying to do the opposite of what our parents may have done for us and really wanting our children not to feel the pain like we were talking about in the beginning and for us to not feel the pain so anything that's going to create discomfort because this type of parenting it's not easy you're conscious all that you have to be aware you have to be conscious you have to be patient there's these things that we haven't worked on with ourselves and then here's this mirror in front of us every single day telling us what we haven't worked on so we can either get triggered by it and react or we can see it for what it is and see how we maybe need some support we need some shifting in you know our traumas and beliefs and patterns and all these things so that we can show up as these empathetic and loving human beings which we're all meant to be yeah i i i will say it's not as hard as you think it is i think it Mm -hmm. actually makes parenting so much easier because all you need to do is validate you don't need to fix anything Right. Yeah. And, and yeah, it does take practice to feel comfortable doing that. But the more you do, the more you say to your kid, you know, wow, I totally get that. You know, of course you feel that way. You know, can you do, do you want a hug or come here? Let me give you a big hug and just 
hug them and hold them and maybe make them, you know, I was always making my kids tea. I still do, you know, like, do you want a cup of tea with milk and honey? Like that's just warm, another warm hug to me. You know, do you want me to make you a snack or do you want this or just showing some love and you will see like, wow, we didn't get into it. That we sort of, I didn't have to fix anything. I didn't have to do anything. And look at my kid, like, is handling this. It just wanted me to be there and get it. Mm -hmm. Just want you to get it. Mm -hmm. And that's really not that hard to do. Mm -hmm. So tell us about your book. It's called Parenting with Sanity and Joy, 101 Simple Strategies. So tell us a little bit about that and what readers and listeners will expect from your book, because I feel like it's something that should be in every household. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You can learn yeah. these strategies. <laughs> I almost feel it should be like you should have a given shower. it. Well, baby shower. Yeah. yeah. I would say even like, you know, if someone's getting married, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Here you I go. I, I happen to think like the years from, from zero to 18 months to two years old is just basics, you know, yeah, but all this stuff. And I think that all the tips in the book you know, work now, like for your kids at six and nine, but you know, when they're 12 and 15, you go back, like you keep looking at these tips and they're going to resonate differently, mm -hmm. you know, but they still work and all the way, all the way through, you know, till they're grown up. Um, you know, there's sections on, I have, my first section is parenting golden rules, which is sort of just the things that you can do for yourself. Like, you know, don't judge other parents. Don't be judgy yourself. You know, support your team, meaning your teachers and the coaches, as opposed to being one of those parents who are calling the teacher and the coach and saying, what? You know, what are you doing? <laughs> A funny story, actually. I, I was just joking with my daughter about this the other day, that when she was a junior in high school, you know, I, I finally learned to back off and I kept saying, you know what? there are going to be natural consequences to her procrastination, you know, and yet she did really, really well in school and all her teachers adored her. And so they always like, they always let her off the hook. And I went for, we went for a conference with the teachers and I said, guys, you have to stop cutting her slack. I'm probably the only parent who ever said anything <laughs> like that. But I said, I keep expecting there to be natural consequences and yet, there aren't any and you're not helping my cause here, you know? <laughs> <laughs> they work with me. Oh, yeah, it never worked. She just learned the system too, you know. Did they adapt? Did the, um, did the teachers shift at all? No. No, no. no not in, never, not in college either. And she well, it seems like Laude, you know, like whatever. <laughs> you know, yeah. you figure it out for yourself. That's, right. that's what it seems like she did. She figured out how to work the world around yeah, her. Yeah, and you know, and her needs. Super well, but you know, it's still she's a work in progress. She knows it. She doesn't like procrastinating, but she's figuring that out. Mm -hmm. I can't tell her what to do. God knows I tried, and boy, was that stressful. And it didn't do anything. You know, mm -hmm. I wish I had just said, "Okay, honey, you know what? You you figure this out. You know, I know you're gonna get it done at some point. You do what you do. You you know, mm -hmm. don't do me." Mm -hmm. um, Love that. The, the, I gotta say that there's there's gonna be some people that are gonna want, uh, you know, do do you work with people one on one or parents? Like, do, do you have a consulting yeah. business as well? So can you tell us a little bit oh, about yeah. that as well? Yeah. So um, 
So I work one-on-one or one-on-two, you know, for both of you would want to do it. Um, it's an hour virtual now, of course. Um, and usually an hour is pretty much all you need. Um, you know, a refresher or a check-in in a couple of months is good, but it's not like the therapy model where you need to do it every week. You know, I think it's, you get the basic information. You know, I'm, I'm a mentor, I'm not a therapist. Um, and I truly feel that this is not brain surgery. I think everyone can do it. I think you just have to practice it, learn it, and then practice it. And, you know, with each little bit that you become successful at, you know, it just gets easier and easier, like anything else. Um, I do workshops, I do small groups. So I'll do, you know, and now I can do it around the country. You know, if we, there's a group of, you know, up to eight parents that want to have a group, we can do it once a week or once a month. Um, and then I'm also working in, in corporations as well for, you know, working parents have Awesome. Your hands full. They did before, and now it's even that much harder. So, um, my workshops are really great for them. And some companies already have parenting groups, so I work with them, or else they just offer it up to to their parent employees. So, what what's the best way for people to say, follow you on social media? Obviously, we want people to pick yeah, up. Yeah. Um. So, I think the most fun is my Instagram. It's mm-hmm. it's the parenting mentor and I provide some sort of a tip or thought five days a week. So, you know, just subtle little things, you know, Mm -hmm. I've really tried to be completely non-judgmental because I feel like, you know, everyone here gets so much judgment and even all the tips in the book, you know, there, there's no judgment there. You know, if you, if something resonates, try it. If it doesn't right now, don't worry about it. You know, it's really fine. Like this just the whole point is to help you be happier and more relaxed to reduce the everyday stress and anxiety that inevitably happens from being a parent. And so, you know, I don't want to, you know, it's even such an easy book to read because there's literally like a tip on each page. I kind of call it the parenting book for parents who don't have time to read parenting. (laughs) (laughs) That's so good. So before we close, um, I have a question for you. What would be the one wish that you have for all parents? Wow. I guess I would say that my wish for all parents would be to take a step back take a deep breath and know that and watch your kids evolve guide them but it's more of the joy of watching and knowing because i have that crystal ball that they will be fi- they will be fine you know they really will be fine and they will learn to figure things out so i think just you know, take that deep breath and know you don't need to be so on top of them. Let them be. Thank you. I love it. I mean, you you had me right at the beginning when you're like everything when you kind of said what you just said just now and and what a what a weight to sort of just let go of for a parent, you know. And we're always concerned about our kids and how they're going to turn on. Are we doing it right? Are we, you know? 
what are butting heads maybe with your partner when things aren't going well and, and offering a blame or and, you know shaming the kid and, and not because you don't love them it's just because like you, you were working on the wrong, wrong or maybe ineffective operating system but to just sit in observation of them and the beauty and joy that they are and, and who they are and who they who they are here to be I mean what a what a wonderful blessing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it kind of goes you. back to what you said at the very beginning like, with the garden and how, mm-hmm. you know, I have this tiny little seed and I plant it every day. I look and see how the it grows into a plant and then there's a flower and from the flower comes like the vegetable, like and then watching the cucumber or the eggplant, like get a little bit bigger and turn into something. I know I'm doing is really watching and, maybe a little fertilizer here and there and a little, you know, cutting back, but that's sort of the same thing. Mm. Yeah. Love that analogy. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for all the wisdom. Thank you for your book. And if everyone has that in their home, I think it'll just create so much ease in our relationship. So thank you for doing what you do. You're welcome. It's available for pre-order now on Amazon. Amazing. That's well, that's our next step right now. Yeah. We'll put it in the show notes as well. Yeah. We'll put it in the show notes. Thank you so much for your time. Oh, you're so welcome. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Health Ignited podcast. Be sure to download, subscribe, and share as we build this conscious community together. You can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and our website, drsjensen.com. Please note all information on this podcast is not and should not be taken as medical advice. Please see a healthcare professional to receive the care needed. Thank you for sharing this time with us, igniting your health freedom. And welcome to the tribe.